Welcome everyone to Bitcoin Magazine's Meet the Taco Plebs. Today, I have a fantastic guest, uh, quite popular on Twitter, and uh, he's written some great articles for us, Mind Over Matter. Why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself real quick? Hey guys, yeah, I'm uh, Mind Over Matter, kind of worked on and off with, with Casey here the last few months as I've been kind of writing articles. Uh, great guy, uh, you know, love interacting with him and just broadly, uh, you know, love the space in general. So I'm uh, looking forward to diving right in. Yeah. So, yeah, you kind of have a great uh, intersection of fitness, health, lifestyle, and just Bitcoinery. So I think there's a lot of people on Twitter and, and in our space who intersect those kind of things. And you are one of my favorite people to bring those kind of things together because you seem to understand the culture behind those things. So um, jumping right into it, though, I'd, I'd like to ask you about how you got into Bitcoin specifically. Uh, what's your Bitcoin rabbit hole story? Yeah, sure. So I, I got into Bitcoin in, I guess, mid 2017 or so around like July, right? There was kind of a, a little you know, run up at the beginning of the year. I had heard people talking about it like in the beginning of 2017, like um, here and there, but never really thought anything of it. So I just, you know, one time probably in like the middle of, of, of June, I just like like read this book about, I think it was maybe like the age of cryptocurrency or something. And that's kind of what got me into it initially. But when I got in, right, like I kind of was like, I saw, Bitcoin had run up from like $600 to, at the time it was like 25, 2800, right? And I was like, man, I missed the boat, right? So like, I didn't buy in that much, right? So I was like, eh, you know, I'm gonna kind of edge my way in a little bit. And then and later in, in 2017, of course, I, I bought it all up in like November and December, kind of near the top. Luckily I, I held it through and didn't sell any, but I didn't really fully kind of go down the rabbit hole until like late 2019, kind of when the, the repo markets collapsed, because I just always had this as like, I viewed it as a hedge position, right? I viewed it in, through the, the lens of gold and it was going to kind of supplant gold. And that was not completely wrong. I mean, it's, I guess, in the right direction, right? But um, I, I missed the forest for the trees. Um, so it was really like, you know, I, I've been in since, I guess, four and a half years now or whatever. Um, but really, it was probably like late 2019 before I even really understood it at all. And even even then, like my understanding is like constantly evolving, right? So like how I understood it, you know, in, in 2020 and 2019 was like still through the lens of an investment account. And now I view it broadly through the lens of a savings account. So maybe in six months or a year, I'll, I'll have, you know, even more insight, but I don't, I don't think so. I, I think I'm kind of at the uh, understand it through the lens of a savings account. I don't think that's going to change at all. So that's kind of my kind of broad Bitcoin rabbit hole story. Definitely. Yeah, I think um, that's like the way that a lot of the sort of narrative is heading uh, towards like the savings account style way of seeing things. And uh, I think that's a common story is for people to kind of have this evolution of the way they see Bitcoin. Um, sometimes it starts out as an investment. Sometimes it's some something more speculative, uh, and sometimes it's something totally different. Um, so uh, it's interesting, but I think a lot of people go through that same sort of like evolution of of how they see Bitcoin. <clears throat> but um, on top of that, I would get, I guess, I would ask, uh, how has Bitcoin changed your life? Because uh, you know, a lot of people say Bitcoin changes their life in so many ways. So, yeah, great question, right? So, just I've been into kind of bodybuilding and aesthetics for 
you know, pretty much my entire adult life, 13 years, 12 years, whatever, and really, like, I mean, seriously, probably within at least the last decade of that. So forever until kind of uh, I went down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, probably I, I never kind of made the connection between kind of low time preference, you know, from a, like a monetary standpoint and kind of what you do in the gym, what you do with your mindset and things like that, right? Like I was kind of like always, I always just went to the gym, but it, it never really clicked for me, right? So the first decade I was going, I was just, I was training my, my body, but I wasn't training my, my mind. As that evolved, right? So like, like I'm, I'm broadly actually come from the, like the self-improvement space and kind of uh, right-wing bodybuilding Twitter, so mm-hmm. to speak. And as I kind of evolved through through that, one of the uh, things I realized that like I'm you're also training your mind when you train your body, and ultimately that ends up being the main thing that you train because you just kind of hit these genetic limitations, right? Where um, you go into the gym and you're not anymore trying to train what is kind of on the outside, but you're training what's on the inside, right? You're, you're, you're training getting up every day. You're, you're, you're training to be a warrior. You're training to be a soldier to fight whatever life's battles are thrown at you. So kind of circling, uh, coming kind of full circle with that back to how that relates to, to Bitcoin. And this is something that you know I, I didn't put together until recently, but one of the ways I would say it's changed my life or, or, or will, right, is um, the ability to have a, a family, right? So one of the, my, probably the single biggest motivating factor for me is, is having a family, right? And mm-hmm. um, for the last, you know, however long, like, like I didn't know if that was possible because of, you know, how quick your savings is being debased. Well, now, since I've been, you know, saving in Bitcoin for some time, um, that, that becomes more of a possibility. So um, the thing I'm most excited about is, you know, eventually being able to break away from my fiat job and focus on, you know, having a family, uh, you know, health even, even more full time and just things of that nature. So I think broadly, I think most of how Bitcoin's going to change my life might still be in front of me. At least I'm, that's what I'm hoping and expecting. So, um, but it's already kind of setting like the the path in motion for that to happen. Well, that's a fantastic answer. I mean, I, I haven't asked anyone that question and gotten back that I uh, that they think it's you know mostly in front of them. But I think that's totally true for for all of us. Is that you know the way that Bitcoin's going to change us the most is probably in front of us. Uh, and you also ch- touched on some other great points um, about how. The link between, um, you know, going into the gym and maintaining your health and low time preference, and then um, how that goes back to, uh, you know, wanting a family. That's such a, a common theme amongst Bitcoiners is is wanting a family, and then the world they grow up in or live in, uh, you know, is is making that so difficult with the chaos of inflation, the fiat world in general, um, and just politics. Uh, I think this all brings us back to ground to where we feel like we can have a family. And that's um, such an important part of, of, you know, the future and going forward, what, what we want to lay as our seeds, um, you know, literally in the ground and, and what we want to see, you know, coming from the future. So uh, you touched on some fantastic points there. And uh, I think um, kind of relates to what my next question, 
Uh, I was going to ask about the the posts that you've made for us. Uh, a couple of great posts here at Bitcoin Magazine. One of them is that uh, how Bitcoin solves the store of value problem, and the other is that uh, Bitcoin's monetary superiority is guaranteed by physics. And um, your posts on Twitter are often about about health um, and the mind. And I wanted to <clears throat> ask you how how you kind of related this uh, in, into uh, you know your lifestyle mastery bitcoin and um and the general idea of bitcoin how does this relate to you and your uh, you know what you're often espousing on twitter which is that mind over matter idea of you know conquering yourself and being a warrior yeah great question so you know the my favorite article i think was the the thermodynamics one right the the monetary energy right and it's just because that ultimately, you know, just the, the, the first and the third law of, of thermo, I think, are what secures Bitcoin at, at a very base level. You know, like if we're kind of going all the way back to, to, to for really first principles thinking and that, that, you know, like obviously energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred. Right. So at the end of the day, monetary energy is just a kind of the. Uh, the means through which our kind of physical labor is being given in, in, in the market, right? So we have this monetary energy. Then the, with the second piece of that, right, you, you have um, the, the idea of entropy, right? And that is that um, ultimately for, you know, Bitcoin, w- w- what I view it is through the, the lens primarily of a uh, store value, as, you know, my other article alluded to, that all of the kind of monetary energy in, in the world for store value at least, right? Like at least for store value is going to tend to just one one good. So, and I think that it's my opinion that that's Bitcoin, right? So um, at least as far as store value monetary energy goes, uh, Bitcoin's already won, right? And I think I would argue at least in the marketplace, it's kind of won already too because of uh, the, the block wars, right? So like, we, we there was a chance for you know uh, Bcash to supplant it, surpass it, whatever. But the market decided otherwise, right? A hundred to one, it decided otherwise because that's about the ratio um, that it's it's traded at since um, since the, since the fork in late 2017. So uh, to me, that Bitcoin won, you know, in 2017, and then and post that for it for the store value, right? Like, like that's that's where Bitcoin won now. Relating that back to some of my posts that are kind of more health and fitness related is because if there's a limited amount of energy that you have or that I have, right, we have to be very, very conscious of how we choose that energy or how, how we choose to spend that energy. One of the suggestions that I have is like, obviously, like you, you need to go to the gym. Obviously, you need to eat healthy, right? Like these are just core tenets that, that we, we all know. But I think that there are other elements too. And that's why. Some of my posts are like, for instance, like really anti-porn, anti-masturbation, because um, what you're doing is you're giving away your most sacred form of energy. And that um, when you watch porn slash masturbate, especially when you masturbate, because uh, sexual energy is the the most potent form of energy that you have, right? So um, I like to talk about that because to me, semen retention is one of the most important aspects of aligning all of your energies, um, physical, psychological, spiritual together, because that is ultimately 
where your, your, your base layer of energy comes from. So just kind of bringing that full circle, if we're coming back to the low time preference thing, eating junk food is obviously high time preference. Um, skipping the gym is high time preference, but also that there are kind of tertiary things, right? Um, and one of the tertiary things to me is, it's actually not even tertiary. I, I think it's just, it should be one of the, the primary aspects of, of energy and that's sexual energy. You should preserve your sexual energy at all costs because that is your most sacred form of energy. So if we're going to be, you know, low time preference as, you know, broadly a community. And like I said, I come more from the self-improvement space, right? That's my specialty more so than, than Bitcoin, right? So I can, I can talk about this better than I can talk about like even most Bitcoin topics. When we are at the point where we hold each other accountable, then we are becoming trending towards the most low time preference possible, right? So we should be actively, we shouldn't just like individually reject pornography and masturbation, but we should be actively against it as a community, in my opinion. So that's kind of where everything comes full circle to me. And again, I only speak for mind over matter. I don't speak for anybody else. But as some, as a guy that's broadly an aesthetics guy, but broadly a self-improvement guy, um, I do think that all of these, the principles from the aesthetics movement, from the self-improvement sphere on Twitter are very, very valuable. And they're, they're all applicable to people that believe in low time preference, which the Bitcoin community, you know, does for the most part. So I do like to bring all of those, um, you know, traits, um, characteristics and aspirations from the broad self-improvement space into the Bitcoin space. And uh, there's stuff that I can learn from the Bitcoin space too, right? Like, I, I, I don't know that much about kind of, um, you know, like mining. So I'm, I enjoy people's posts on, on that because I'm, I'm, you know, just a novice when it comes to that. So that's kind of just bringing it full circle there. No, I, I definitely think uh, you, you hit some good points. And I think um, we could even go far as far to say that you're like the next evolution beyond just regular Bitcoining because the sort of like low time preference lifestyle uh, that you're talking about on Twitter is the next step beyond Bitcoin, right? So, you know, Bitcoin could be thought of as like giving us, granting us the ability to save our time and think low time preference because with, you know, in the rat race, in the rat race, in the fiat world where money is, is always being diluted, you can't really stop and think about these things. But with uh, Bitcoin, it really enables the thought towards low time preference, um, you know, future health, how long you want to live. And, um, and yeah, I think, I think it does come back full circle. As you said, um, we want to store energy. We need to store energy physically. We need to store energy sexually. As you said, we need to store energy in a monetary way. And so, yeah, I, I think, um, I really think that we could go as far to say that your type of, you know, uh, low time preference lifestyle is just the next evolution beyond what Bitcoin enables, right? It's, it's what we're looking for. It's what we all want um, to, to be able to think about those things. Cause um, in, in a fiat society, we don't really even get the ability to consider the future as much as we are now. So, but yeah, um, I think Bitcoin is just fantastic at doing that. And I think your account is a great, a great um, example of those two things mixing. But um, moving on to the next question, I want to ask you about what you're looking forward to uh, in the Bitcoin space specifically, uh, or in life in general, um, either one, but uh, yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah, yeah, great question. So one of the, the things that I'm kind of most looking forward to going forward is kind of what the ecosystem looks like, like as of the actually the next bear market in terms of the, the education, what the like kind of the circular economy starts to develop looks like around that. And the reason I say that is this, right? So we had this like run up in, in obviously 2017 when I first got into the space. Um, and, you know, during 2018 and 2019, you know, a lot of that time where I was just kind of like, you know, only passively paying attention, but that's when a lot of the building happened, right? The, you know, all that capital inflow that happened in, in 2017, it didn't, I mean, you know, it went away from the network temporarily a little bit, but the the, the broader ecosystem built out greatly in that there's that three year bear market. And if we do what I think it's going to do over the next six months, and you know, we go kind of that, that next order of magnitude up. So, in terms of like total capital, we're going to talk. What we're talking about is the ability to start to actually build a circular economy around Bitcoin. Um, the the ability to Kind of take a lot of the, the ideas of the sovereign individual and manifest them into um, actually like building, you know, our own networks um, because we have to, right? With the um, obviously the the vaccine mandates, the creeping authoritarianism, um, the the socialism that's already here. Like we have to start thinking about like how are we going to build our own infrastructure? And you know, obviously these were not things that were at least actively on the concern template in like 2017, 2018. I know that there were are bright people that were thinking that this was coming sooner that rather than later. Uh, they were ahead of me on that. I, 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 it didn't really fully click with me until, you know, uh, March, 2020. But what I think is gonna happen is how we saw kind of like exchange infrastructure kind of built out, uh, how we saw like uh, podcast infrastructure start to get built out in the last bear market. Well, we're, the, the next step in, um, you know, post all this capital inflow and if, if when we correct for a year, two years, three years, whatever, what we're going to start to see is a, an actual economy emerge that's separate of, you know, just, you know, whether it be kind of on-chain transactions, whether it be just lightning, but like, um, like a, you know, I was talking to somebody about like potentially like an airline for Bitcoiners because, you know, you, you don't have to worry about like, mask mandates or you know vaccine mandates or things of that nature so what i'm looking forward to is kind of hopefully when all this capital uh like inflows from these in, like institutions and stuff some of these institutions that we'll, we will be able to kind of orange pull them not just on, on a monetary level right not just like we're looking at the bond math and they decide to allocate you know five percent of their portfolio but um allocate them on or, or kind of advocate for a uh like a, a broader freedom hypotheses too, as they see what the capital inflow can do, not just to their portfolios, but I, I think to the broader network. So I'm, I'm looking at like airlines being built um, by Bitcoiners. I'm looking at like, um, you know, uh, water infrastructure being built because, you know, the there's chemicals in the water that, that are screwing up the water supply. I'm looking at kind of food lines being built. That's what I'm looking at, you know, as we get into 2022 and beyond is, how can we start to think about building out our own economies to kind of divest ourselves entirely from the legacy system, uh, break off entirely from kind of the, the the socialist and the communist regimes that control, um, you know, Western quote unquote democracies. And, I, and I'm, I'm kind of doing air quotes here because um, I believe democracy is a complete farce. You know, it's um, 
mm-hmm. uh, com- complete psyop. But that's that's what I, that's what I'm looking at going forward. Yeah, um, Bitcoin, you know, community sovereignty, maximalism, right? Like just completely disconnecting from the fiat world. Uh, I think is what you're describing, and I think like that's the end goal, right? Like when we see on Twitter all the various things that we call out as being fake, uh, call out as being, you know, obviously unnatural and obviously not good for us. Um, and, and you mentioned so many different, uh, you know, examples, but there's just so much to do in terms of, of infrastructure being built. I, I agree. I think that's something that all of us can look forward to. Um, you know, it, regardless of bull or bear market, there's always going to be Bitcoiners building for this sort of self-sovereign um, world. And uh, I think that's, I think that's the next iteration. I think you've really hit that on the head. And uh, yeah, I I think, you know, as going forward, Bitcoiners just, they need to be building things with Bitcoiners in mind. Right. Uh, And, and as you said, the circular economy is that next sort of step forward, but um, to round us off here, I always like to ask our guests, Mr. Mind Over Matter about their, uh, price predictions for the end of this year as well as for the end of 2030 so i'm curious what you think uh the price may be and and don't be afraid to get too bullish yeah so i'll be honest i i've got a theory that the the cycle is going to be extended right so like i i've got i think the cycle is going to go into 2022 and i've stated a few times that i think it's going to the the peak price will reach is between like 250 and 300k that's where I'm guessing that we'll see the peak probably sometime in you know early 22 is my thought. Um, I think we're going to see like a run up in the um, Q4 into December, and then maybe get to like you know 90, 100k, and then it kind of fakes us out a little bit, like it's like that was it, and then we have like the real blow off sometime in like you know like March, April ish. Um, mm-hmm. And I could be wrong, but I've, I've got this theory about like extended cycles that I've been developing because of what I'm looking at is kind of. Uh, block sense having, having and what what I'm kind of analyzing is if you look at like the 12 to 13 uh, 12 having happened in November of 12 and, and the peak happened in December of 13 so that 13 months um, July of 16 was the next having and the peak was December so that's 17 months um, so that means just the next iteration would be uh, 22 months which would put us at like March of 22 because the, the happening was in May of, of 2020 so uh, and again, like, like I'm not somebody that thinks that like the block time is the ultimate determinant, right? That there's other factors, but there's a lot of things that, that make me, that lead me to believe that um, like the, the, the cycles are extending and that we will see broadly actually us break away from the four year cycle entirely as time goes on and it, and it becomes more of a macro asset. Um, as far as 2030 goes, uh, my guess is that we'll be pretty much on a Bitcoin standard by then. So yeah. I like the, the, P, the, the fiat price, like it, it's hard to say how meaningful that, that would be, but I guess it's gonna be um, in terms of like 2019, I'm just gonna benchmark at $2019 because you know, it's, it's, just, it's just hard to, to do without doing that. I think it's mm-hmm. gonna be between um, five and, and, and 10 million a coin in 2019 dollars. Um, now that could be nominally, you know, 50 million by that point. Right. But yep. in terms of purchasing power, I think it's going to look like, uh, I'll go like seven and a half million, uh, 
per coin in 2019 purchasing power dollars. Um, and the, like I, I'm getting that just because of the um, the $130 trillion bond market and um, assuming that like it, it's the product market fit takes up like that uh, pretty much the um, the entire kind of sovereign and agency bond market. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think you're you're right about on the point there. Um, and uh, that's interesting. No, I've never heard the extended uh, the extended cycle theory, at least on this podcast yet. So uh, it's interesting to hear, you know, end of cycle around March, um, which I kind of am inclined to agree with, to be honest, because uh, uh, extending cycles is sort of the, uh, you know, indi- it's, it's the indication of what you know, things have been extending over time. So uh, I do find that a compelling answer. And I'm certainly in agreement with uh, 2030. I, I don't think I find it interesting that that you chose uh, 2019 dollars as the peg because uh, I myself I, I can't. It's hard to keep up with inflation now that um, we've been printing so much in the pandemic. And it's like, what do you what do you base inflation on? Do you base it on housing? Do you base it on you know the CPI basket of goods, which would completely uh, you know be manipulated? So it, it's interesting to think that that was probably the last time which we could all agree on the general rate of inflation. And uh, after that, it just kind of gets wonky. So uh, pretty in agreement with you there. But um. Thanks so much for coming on Mind Over Matter. It was a, it was a fantastic conversation with you. Uh, if, if any of the listeners have not gone and read his articles, please go and look them up. They're, they're quite fantastic. And most importantly, follow, follow Mind Over Matter at Raw Nationalism on Twitter. Uh, fantastic Twitter. As I've said before on my Twitter, one of my favorite accounts to follow. So um, uh, thanks everyone so much for listening. Uh, Mind Over Matter, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Casey. This is great. I can't wait to do it again in the future. Definitely. Um, Thanks, everyone, again. And uh, check out the next podcast when it's up. See you later. 